Welcome to the Parkcast, Episode 8, Running Ahead, Transitioning to Independence. The Parkcast is a weekly series that brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archive. I'm your host, Matthew Hollingshead. This podcast presents one young person's account of their experience of transitioning out of care, in their own words, as read by Ivan Brady. At a young age, my brothers and I were taken away from our home by a child welfare organisation. During my time in care, I transitioned through many different homes and placements, and throughout my journey embraced the thought that no place would feel like home. I found it a big challenge for me and I think it would be fair to assume that other youth find it a challenge as well to not have a stable, solid place to call home. Kids need stability and structure, not disorganisation and chaos. I once heard it takes a village to raise a child, while well, my village was taken away from me. As I moved down the path in life, I was placed in a home on an emergency placement. This was the home that would change everything for me. Unfortunately, I was only able to stay at this home for a limited amount of time because the structure of the home was changing into a semi-independent learning home. In other words, it would be a home that would teach youth who are 16 and older life skills, such as how to cook, clean, budget, shop, maintain a house, and what to do in an emergency for things like a broken water pipe. Unfortunately, I was only 15 at the time, so I returned home after being placed here only to be placed in another foster home weeks later. As I approached 16, I was taken out of this home and returned to the first home I was placed in that taught youth how to live independently. I found this home to be a huge support as they taught me life skills such as cooking a healthy meal, proper cleaning, how to grocery shop, planning for meals, saving money, how to open a bank account, and most of all, how to treat people with respect and dignity. Learning all these life skills was crucial to my success, as it contributed to my knowledge of how to successfully live independently and responsibly, but being accepted by the family in this semi-independent learning home allowed me to feel comfortable and provided me a place of stability and comfort. Yes, it is a great thing to teach youth life skills and the ability to live independently, but what we sometimes fail to realise is that relational therapy is the fuel for this learning and entices confidence, motivation and maturity in our youth. I think to increase success for youth who are transitioning in care or are preparing for the transition, it is important to allow them to live in a home where they feel accepted and are accepted by the family and where the relational bond between youth and family is positive. Teaching youth about transitioning and steps and stages to independence while continually strengthening the bond between youth and family is a youth's personal guide to success. If youth can't live at their biological home within a safe environment, then why not show them how they can live in their own safe environment? This could mean a reduction in money spent on extrajudicial sanctions, crime reduction and intervention, reduced rates of youth entering into the correctional system, reduced expenses for the province and country, increased educational success rates, and most of all, more successful youth for the future. If we can teach youth the importance of responsibility and maturity, we don't only create a brighter future for them, but for our province and our nation. I once heard a quote from a famous ideologist, Jamie Bronfenbrenner, that every child needs someone who's crazy about him or her. 
It's true. Even though sometimes on the outside I wouldn't show it, I was always looking for time to spend with foster parents or someone that would give me time and show me comfort. I felt like a lost wolf that strayed from the pack. But now looking back on it, I was a dog that couldn't speak about his pain. I needed someone even though I may have rejected hugs and laughed at heartfelt sentimental moments. But I was a kid and I didn't know how to ask for love and comfort, let alone handle the feelings of guilt and humiliation of doing so. I feel an enormous support for youth in care can be found in affection and classic TLC. Showing a youth that you genuinely care about their well-being is something that may take a while to get noticed, but when it does, is more powerful than the diamonds shine. Don't they say diamonds are forever? Well, so is the memory of how you make a youth feel and how you treated them. I learned that most people may forget what you do for them, but they will never forget how you made them feel when they were with you. Building a strong relationship with youth in care that are transitioning is something that helps youth with the entire process, as well as provides them with psychological and emotional support. In life, I have always been faced with the burden of not being able to feel secure and stable. Stress has, and probably always will, play a huge factor in my life. This is not due to events that have recently happened or any of the tragic events in my life, but rather the process of change that occurred during my transition from the care of my biological family environment into the care of the province and into the mainstream foster care environment. I don't know if all youth feel like myself, but I do know that monthly support and ongoing financial support from the agency not only helps support me with my financial responsibilities, but also helps relieve stress by providing me with a sense of reassurance and security that I will be able to make payments for food, car insurance, fuel and other necessities. Having financial support is amazing. Not only does the agency provide available regular monthly funds to support youth, but most agencies also provide allowances for winter and summer clothes shopping and Christmas. Nothing can be more beneficial to a student, such as myself, than extra financial support, especially since most students are going through a money-stricken time during post-secondary school years and trying to meet and provide payment for fees and tuition that can be as high as $10,000. I feel that we could make some improvements to financial supports for young people leaving care, however. I think that we need to increase the age of support to 25 years old. I also think that we should be aware of how the funds are used for our youth and ensure that they are being used wisely and maturely. For example, if a youth isn't capable for any reason to pay their rent, it should be paid directly by a dedicated worker, or if a youth has a hard time balancing, saving or budgeting money, they should be able and encouraged to attend a financial information or financial literacy session to help them. Before my transition, I never really thought about independence, nor did I care to take the time to do so. Being young, I was dealing with many different feelings and trying for years to make sense of what was going on and contemplating the purpose of the foster system and the length of time I was going to be in it. I would always think in the moment growing up, as the fear of the unknown and fear of change restricted me from thinking too far into the future. Before my transition to my ideal foster placement and to independence, I feel that I was immature or otherwise unprepared for independence, and didn't have much knowledge regarding the matter. I found throughout my transition I had a lot of struggles, but from those struggles I was able to pull positive experiences that benefit who I am today. I find that with life there is no progress without struggles and that we must look for the positive to see the positive rather than picturing the negative as we will only see the negative if that's what clouds our vision. 
I found my biggest struggle during my transitional stages was the lack of feeling supported and comforted. I was able to work on this over time, but was never able to fully feel a sense of comfort and belonging. Earlier I stated that feelings of instability are part of the process of coming into foster care. So as a personal recommendation, I think it would be beneficial to be able to work on feelings and emotions that youth may be having in care. I feel that it is not as recognised as it should be, and that youth feelings should be explored by the youth and family to help recognise feelings in youth, and for foster families to be able to work with youth to encourage positive attitudes and self-esteem, and increase feelings of comfort and stability, the feeling we strive most for. During my transition, I also found that multiple foster placements were hurtful to me and my sense of belonging. I feel that youth need stability most of all, so I definitely think that could be an aspect that we can work on. Kinship Research has done a great job with trying to connect youth with relatives of family. This has created a great therapeutic way for workers to link youth in care with family members for care and living arrangements. After my transition, I feel strong and confident in my abilities personally, in my education and in my work. I felt that by entering into a transitional home, I was provided with the skills needed to succeed independently and the confidence to bring success into my life. I still feel there are things I could change, like waiting to go to college instead of going at 17. But I think I have been able to make a positive experience of my life, even through the most negative of times, like being taken away from my biological parents. I feel that my experience in care has made me a more sincere, strong and dedicated individual. With that being said, these are my experiences in care, and who and what I feel were my supports and barriers to achieving and shaping my success today. I am currently in my last year of child and youth work at a post-secondary institution and will be graduating this April as a certified child and youth worker. I feel dedication doesn't come without determination and determination doesn't come without motivation. If we can spark a motivation for our youth in care, we can spark ambitious young individuals and future mature workers that are ready to take on life to the fullest. Let's spark something in our youth. Let's change the future for them, our nation and us. You've been listening to the podcast, episode eight, Running Ahead, Transitioning to Independence. The podcast is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information about this episode's topic, the podcast or practice and research together, please visit www.partcanada.org. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PartEIP. That's P-A-R-T-E-I-P. Thanks for listening.